Weirdo Weirdo Bookworms Unite! Unite. Do your reading tastes range from dystopian sci-fi to middle-grade fantasy? Dark psychological thrillers to gory body horror? From YA paranormal swords and sorcery? Extraterrestrials? Murder? Mayhem! And beyond! Then we want to share our love of reading with you. Welcome home. Hi, genre junkies. It's Sandra. And this is Scott. And guess who's back? It's Caleb. Yay! Caleb's back. Caleb's Caleb's back. back. So that must mean we're wrapping up the Broken Earth trilogy. Yes. Uh, It is not often that we read the first book in a series and suddenly talk about the rest of the series, what, a month later? But here we are. But here, but lo and behold, this series is good. And having one of our like besties who's also super into it kind of gives it like a little push, a little impetus to to get get through this. Yeah. Um, so here we are. Obviously we've talked about the first book in the previous episode. So consider this, even though the first half is going to be spoiler free, there's going to be mean, some spoilers. I mean, obviously you book. have to have read the first book. Like, why are you listening to the podcast for the second, third book? That's crazy. So go back to what, two episodes ago and listen yeah. to that one first. Just go, just go back. But before we do that, just to have a little, a little funsies. So Caleb, if you didn't know, is my co-host along with Neil over on the Colt show, which is a, podcast and a YouTube show um, which Scott produces so we all work on that that's our one of our little projects um, so Caleb loves books Caleb Caleb just remind everybody who you are and how about you share with us something either you've been watching or reading that you want to share with the peeps Ooh, that I've been watching or reading okay um, well I am Caleb and the rumors uh, are true I, the rumors are true well <laughs> I don't know, maybe, possibly. <laughs> some of the rumors. Can you tell me some of the rumors? And I'll, could, could we do one of those, like, <laughs> where, the, where, the, the where the celebrity, like, goes yeah. on Google and so, like, <laughs> confirms or denies? I love it. <laughs> um, no, I am a lifelong reader. Uh, you know, growing up without television, you know, reading was my main source of entertainment. You know, that and going outside and playing with friends and my... Mom having no idea where we were, because that's what we did back in the 80s. <laughs> back when you were able to just do that. Hop on your bikes and ride. Great. But Great. Um, So I think last time I was here, I had told you that I had just gotten my library card again. Yes. Yes, yes. yes. And I told you that I went out and I looked for a couple things that I had read as a child, and they didn't have them. Right. But since then, I have gotten them. So I grabbed... Um, I want to say like four different uh, adventures of Tintin. Oh, yeah. Um, incredibly racist. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I was going to say, how, how is it mean, for, <laughs> Um, I, I still kind of liked them, you know, because, you know, nostalgia is a, a really weird, you know, thing. Yes, but, yes. Um, and you also have to remember these were written like the first one came out in. 45 i think you know uh and i think he continued writing them through the 70s but so there are some things in there that eh, you know haven't aged well but um and then i also said that i was looking for the lloyd alexander um the the what are they called the the chronicles of priden or the 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 black cauldron series you know um so i've read now the first two 
of those books. Oh my god! Um, and and looking back on it now, it's very it's 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 Tolkien light. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Junior uh, v- Tolkien. Like, yeah, I mean it's it's everything happens very fast. Mm-hmm. They get everywhere very fast yeah. there are no like adventures along the way you know like they can walk across the entire land in two and a half days you know whereas you know when you're describing <laughs> frodo's this- frodo's quest takes yeah. you know two years or so when you're describing this i'm getting winnie the pooh energy you know like <laughs> this is the hundred acre wood <laughs> and and yet still enjoyable oh. so if you've got young ones at home you know that might kind of like a bit of fantasy yeah you know oh and then an update too i know macy your your kiddo you were trying to get her into it she got a library card she did and and she's been just kind of trying different things out doing a little tasting yeah that's so exciting absolutely that's so exciting and it's like you you're reading taste can change so much too just over the course of your life and right and what you like and yeah yeah yeah. And uh, the other day I went to the library and I got a couple couple more books. But you know what? I couldn't read them. Why? Do you, do you know why? Why? Because I was reading for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so you've read this entire series twice, twice now. now. Yeah. And this last time was kind of under the gun a little bit. Uh, let's just say I finished last night yeah. uh-huh. uh, at about 11 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys are here, you should recall that the first book, I don't remember how many pages it is. It's pretty long. But this book is like, I mean, these last two books are like 450 something pages and 460 something pages. So it's well over 900 pages just in these two. And it is dense. Oh I mean, it's goodness. packed. It's like... It's like it's so it's like a flavorful dish or something like it's so jam packed with herbs and spices. <laughs> and there there is a lot. And it's yeah. not it's I I wasn't under the gun though. That's yeah. the I mean, I'm going to throw myself under the bus here and say Aww. I procrastinated. It was my fault. <laughs> That's what happens when you find like other books. You're like, oh, I want to read this right now. Well, so this was the exact opposite for me because I I am notorious for finishing the book the day before. If I'm if I'm being good, we record uh, the episode. Right. Um, I finished this series two weeks ago. Well, if I remember correctly, after we finished. Yeah, the last episode you immediately went on to book two, right? Yes, yeah. The next and day. I, I plowed through both through audiobook. I stuck I, with it. I read the second and the third through audiobook exclusively. It is amazing, amazing. That's that audio your third time through. I know, right? <laughs> Just do the audiobook to have one person have so many unique individual voices and accents and tones and that actress personality robin miles robin miles and uh, just i i i caleb i mean sandra too but caleb it whenever you get the urge to read this series again mm-hmm. which i feel like you will yeah, I, I it'll definitely happen probably probably before the tv show comes <laughs> out. yeah yeah i cannot recommend the audiobook series enough it is unbelievable okay how good it is okay 
Um, you know, it was kind of fun. It's not like a deep, deep well, but I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole looking at fan art for this series. Ooh. There's some cool oh fan God, art. Yeah, I love fan art in general because it's just like it's always so passionate. But there were some cool ones. And there was a few that like Scott and I were looking at were like, yeah, that's like totally how I pictured. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very much yeah. so. I had another question for you really quickly, Caleb, while we're still in this section. All right. Are you a mood reader? Like, do you... So, like, are you a type of reader where you set, like, a TBR, a to be read list, or are you, and you just, you complete your list, or are you a mood reader, and you're like, no, I'm in the mood for this right now, I'm in the mood for that? So, I was, um, I was given a Kindle, like, let's see, my daughter's 11, I don't even think she had turned one yet, so oh I've, I've had it for quite a while, and it's like the old generation. It's like a first gen- yeah, generation yeah. one. Yeah. It's it's not backlit or anything. I have to have a light on if you know if it's dark outside. Um, but it it had I want to say like thirteen hundred books on it already. Oh, um, and so I've just kind of been like just going through, you know, going through. <laughs> I think there's like 70 pages on it that I have to go through. Each page probably has about 15 titles on it, you know, and I'm just kind of slowly working through and, you know, some I'm probably never, never going to touch, you know, because right. I just know it's not, yeah, it's not, not for me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, going, going back to the library card again, you know, there's now a stack sitting on my counter just waiting to be. Yeah. <laughs> there's a phrase and I'm paraphrasing it, but it's like every reader will like die with a stack of books next to them. They never got to read. <laughs> I, and I yeah. would agree to that. You yeah, know, absolutely. It's kind of like, you know, you, you kind of have to be a little bit of a mood reader sometimes because like this series finishing it definitely put me into a slump. It definitely put me into a reading slump because like you just go through something like it just like takes so much out of you. And then you're like every book you look at, you're like, ah, oh, pales in comparison. I know. It's, it's anemic. Th- this series is very emotionally in- investing. It is. I mean, it takes a, it, it, it asks a lot from you yeah. and it d- never asks for too much. I mean, I felt like I always had the spoons for this, but um, <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, but you know, like I was very, very invested in in the characters yeah. and everything, like so, so well, very. Well, and 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 I, you know, um, I was knowing how everything ended anyway. You know, I was still down, and yet the second time around, I still felt wrung out when I, uh, yeah. you know, when wrung I out is it when exactly. I finished? Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> And I think one thing that helped me with this series, especially the last few books, is N.K. Jemison's funny. And she puts in some little, little funny, like, usually it's like somebody's internal dialogue. Thank you for bringing that up, by the yeah. way, because we didn't bring that up last time. Yeah. But when someone, usually Eason, the main yeah. main character, realizes something, she'll have these little internal dialogue moments where yeah. she's like, Oh, oh, <laughs> and I, yes. I, I know, no, I just felt that probably because I do the same thing probably on a daily basis where, right. where something finally clicks, you know, and I, and I get it, but. <laughs> and it kind of, yeah, I mean, things like that and some really like really beautiful moments kind of keeps mm. it from being like a bummer <laughs> book series, even though there's heavy stuff, you know, like, cause it's still like, there's a lot of beauty. There's like a lot of beauty in these books. There is. Yeah. Even in this super barren 
you know, messed up world. Absolutely, yeah. It, somehow she's created a world where I would never want to actually be in, but I Jesus, kind no. of do. <laughs> I kind of just want to be a fly on the wall that can leave. Yes. Yeah. I, I want to be able to, to, to walk through a wardrobe into it. <laughs> <laughs> be like invisible and just like observe and then leave. Well, here's a question for you then. Yeah. If, if you yeah. could go to this world, would you want to be a still? Or would you want to be a... I think an, we all know my answer. <laughs> I want to be a stone eater. I am... <laughs> or, this, or, or, well, or a, 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 an origin? Origin? Origin. How are you saying? Well, you listen to the... How do they say it? How origin? do they say it in there? Orogeny? Or, origin? Origin. Okay. Oh, so it's almost like you're saying like the word origin. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. That's kind of a double See, meaning. And that's the other thing is I would like to listen to the audio audiobook because <laughs> I know I'm butchering so many of these <laughs> Me names. Me too, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I wonder, I'd be interested to know if um, if Robin, the the one who does the audiobook, if if she had like multiple conversations with N.K. Jemison to like find what the pronunciations oh, are sure. I think or if she do. kind of just came to it herself. I think they give them pronunciation guides when they read an audiobook. So? That's something I've always know. been I very like if she made it up then it doesn't make me feel yeah. bad. Where I'm like yeah. fumbling around trying to find the name, like trying to say it everywhere every way possible. <laughs> it's like in, in the Robin canon you pronounce it like like so. Um no, I, I am completely obsessed with the Stone Eaters. As we know, I was obsessed with them in the first book. The second and third book made me more obsessed with them. It's actually, it's it's unhealthy how obsessed I am with the Stone Eaters. <laughs> it is unhealthy. I am like, oh, they like make me drool. I love them so much. And I think it's like just never quite encountered something quite like them. No. You know, they're really unique. And they then really are. And, and giving them that backstory too. Yeah, and because just... like you kind of fill in some of their backstory, but it's like, wow, it's even bigger than you thought. Right. You know, and, and deeper. And I core point. I mean, hello. Okay. <laughs> so I think I'll I'll just kick us off. It's hard for me to think of this series as anything more than like one big book in a way. It's not one of those where it's like, ah, I really like the first one, didn't like the second one. You know what I mean? Right. So for me, both of these books um, were obsession. I I just had to, and I love it. Yeah. And I'm going to second that because, you know, <laughs> again, I didn't wait to read uh, the, the book two and book three um, because I didn't want to. I just know that I will do better today <laughs> with it being <laughs> a little more fresh. <laughs> yes, yes, I know what you mean. Yeah. Because my memory ain't what it used to be. <laughs> oh. I mean, it, so it's going to be all three of us. It is absolutely an obsession. So obsession. much so I'm, I'm listening to the first book now. Not as obsessively... As you went back already? You, yes, I've gone wow. back already. Now I'm not listening like back to back to back. Now, it's know. not exclusive. Like, you know, when I was listening to these three books on audiobook, there were podcasts were not part of my rotation <laughs> anymore. It was just this. Right. This is now like, you know, I'll I'll listen to like a half hour of it as part of my, you know, commute Aww. and I'll listen to podcasts or whatever than that. But yeah, it is it is that special. That's that really special. sweet. Which is 
kind of what I did the first time. You're doing a little quicker than I did. (laughs) (laughs) That's really sweet, Scott, that you're like so in love with it. Like, you know, and that's kind of a thing that happens with us book people is it's almost like a movie or a TV show. Like we really love something like Mm -hmm. how frequently we go back to it. I'll say the closest thing that I can compare this to as far as my absolute just adoration for it is uh, the Three Dark Crowns series. Yes, it is. It is that level for me. So this book series changed your life. I would say that this book series made an impact. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Nice. I don't know. I was just thinking when the TV show comes out. Are we going to watch it all together? Yes, yes we are. Are we going to like? I mean, at least are, are we going to come dressed as our favorite character? Cosplay, with our, cosplay. You know, I'll just be with sitting like really our, still. our rucksacks and our you know like our <laughs> ash you know all over us and our mask. Well, well, yeah. <laughs> some things are. <laughs> some things never change, and I'm just going to sit really still like a right? human mountain, and then just like move really quick sometimes. There like, you go. Take seven me. minutes maybe to like respond to a question. Right, and then be like. <laughs> Has it been a week, a lifetime, an hour, an hour a day? <laughs> Time means nothing to Stone Eater. <laughs> um, and I think we all kind of agreed on this ahead of time. Mass appeal, mass oh, appeal. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I, I, this is this is one of those series that I think everyone should read. What's not your just, excuse? Not What's just excuse? not just can yeah. read. Yeah, I actually think that this series is important for people to read. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it touches on a lot of very important things yeah. that, you know, kind of are happening to us today now, yeah. <laughs> has, has been happening, you know, in our past. And, and, and she just does an amazing job of taking all those things and putting it in, in, into this fictitious story. Right. <laughs> I really hope that one day, well, I mean, obviously be a dream to have her here on our show, but I I hope one day when things are a little less um, insane with the pandemic, that we can go see her speak sometime because, God, I just want to meet her and I just want to hear her talk about these books in person. Like, I just, it's like, it's like, it's almost like driving me, like I'm a little obsessed with like, I just want to hear her talk about these books. Yeah. Well, and that, and I've, you know, been wanting to go get some more of her books to see if they are just as impactful as, as this trilogy was. To the library. (laughs) (laughs) I know. know. Adding it to my stack. (laughs) Yeah. Here I come. Here I come, Sonoma County Library. Yeah, because it's not just the it's not just how impactful this series is, which it truly, truly is. But N.K. Jemison is so creative when it comes to not just the setting, not just the characters and what happens, but her actual writing and the choices that she makes throughout this entire series is is inspired. Um, she makes choices when it comes to you know tense and perspective yeah. that is. That is, uh, I mean, masterwork level. Yeah. Truly. No, yeah. Yeah, she's a, she's a genius at this. Yeah. Yeah, and... Um, and then throw in some race and throw in some sexuality and yes. throw, you know, like, I mean, I don't know. She, <laughs> like, I really need to meet this person. I, to I see, need to like, meet, you know, meet her. Does she have, like, uh, this glowing aura around her? <laughs> you know, like... I mean, <laughs> like, has she touched the heavens? Yeah, and, you know, <laughs> and will she then like t- touch like a finger to my forehead and like yeah, and bless me? And I want to see like how she plotted this. I mean, really, because 
like there's a lot of depth like there's so much layers in the history and stuff and like I I just have to imagine she would have like copious notes or some sort of a chart or something. Yeah, like, see, I'm picturing like a whole like giant wall, yeah. you know, with, yeah. with, with, with just yard and, and well, not text. but not just that, but just like writing, like yeah. you know, like a history, a of, timeline, of time. Yeah, you know, yeah. There's no way that she pants her writing. There's no way. There, it couldn't be. It's too much. Yeah. She and if she's really that much of a genius. Then I'm a little afraid of her. <laughs> But it's good to be afraid it's of your good. gods. It's good. Healthy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. I love it so much. A little fear never hurting anybody. <laughs> no. Put the, put the fear of N.K. Jemisin into them. Our Lord and Savior. But yeah, putting it out there in the universe. I feel like. Come talk to the genre junkies. Talk to us. I feel like we're going to start going door to door with our stack of books to talk about our Lord and Savior at KJMS. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Let's do it. I mean, you know what? It might get us on her radar a little faster. <laughs> Maybe. She's like, oh, some people started a church of me? <laughs> we could be like, we actually think of ourselves more like a fringe cult, but yeah, church is fine. Oh, you've always wanted to start a cult. I have. I, right. you know, you got to have goals. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, working on it. Working on it. Okay, I think we should go ahead and just start talking about the nuts and bolts in the spoiler section, because um, obviously we love this series and and we have to break it down a little bit because. This is like a therapy session when you talk about these books. This is going to be a big one. So yeah, read the series if you haven't. Obviously. Strap in and we are going to get to a talking. I'm talking. talking. Can't wait. Hey, Bookworm Buddy. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review. And while you're at it, find us on Instagram at Genre Junkies. Oh my gosh. All at once, we all grabbed our notes like, <gasps> okay, we're, I have we're no going notes. in. We're here, we're fed, we're ready. <laughs> we're ready to talk about these books. Um, Sorry. Just, for, for some reason, that just reminded me of Ghostbusters, which we at the to- culture talked about a little while yes! ago. And it's like, we came, we, we, came, saw. we saw, we kicked us out. Love it. <laughs> you know, we're here, we're fed, we're ready. I have so many highlighted notes from these books. It's almost ridiculous. It was one of those where I found myself, especially in the third book, I'm like, I basically highlighted the whole damn book. And this is, mm-hmm. um, I mean, okay. One thing that really popped out at me is if I can't be a stone eater, I think I would be a lorist. I'm obsessed with loris. Like, I, I love it so much. What does it say in here? Um, so they were once like a different race they had reddish skin naturally black lips which i love and they worshipped the preservation of history this little bit i love they worshipped the preservation of history the way people in less bitter times worshipped gods they used to chisel stone lore into mountainsides and tablets as high as the sky so that all would need so that all would see and know the wisdom needed to survive so Sandra and I had a disagreement about this because we already had this discussion. Okay. I like Ooh. can't breathe. I love it so much. And I don't remember what you said I that said I would be. I said if we lived in this world and I could not be a stone eater, like just getting that off the table, yeah. I would be a lorist and you would be an innovator. And see, I disagree. I would also be a lorist. Now I might be a pop lorist. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'd be more about telling tales that are not necessarily accurate true. And true. Or, yeah. yeah. But I think I would abs- I would love that, you know, you know, going from both. town to town and basically basically a bard. Yeah. No, I would yeah. I would be both pop and stone lore. I know I would. I would do both. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's hard, Scott, because I see you as an innovator too. <laughs> I mean, you're well. No, I'm sorry. Not just it. You're both. And I suppose you're, you don't really. You are you really you know. get to choose. You don't really get to choose. You're kind of born into the casts in a way. Well, those casts, but the Loris, I feel, is yeah, chosen. Yeah. They kind of become calmless. A lot, yeah. When, when you become a Lorist and yeah. and you have to like sort of leave your calm, join another Lorist yeah. to sort of teach you the ways. <laughs> what do you think you would be in their world? Jeez. You'd probably be like Isan. You'd be I'd, a resistant creech teacher. I'd be a breeder. <laughs> <laughs> You're like I. Am so, you're like I am so hot and so fly. Everybody wants. And I say that jokingly, but I'm glad it got the reaction from you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're patient though. You'd be a good creche teacher. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe you'd be a guardian. You're kind but, of. But aren't crazy. the teachers also part of innovator though? Aren't they a? a, a well, Isan is a uh, resistant. A resistant. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. See, I can't remember all the. You could be a guardian. I wouldn't be a leader. No. Uh, I wouldn't be an innovator. That's for sure. I'm not technical. Enough. Or, a, or what's the other one? A strong back. A strong back. See, I, I feel like I, that's more sort of like there's all of these things. Yeah. And then there's everyone else, and yeah. those are the strong backs. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> I want to talk about that because that's how I felt definitely in the first book. Mm-hmm. I feel like the second book, and particularly the third book, did a lot better job of kind of like making strong backs their own kind of special thing. I mean, yeah, they are still ultimately yeah. just the, you know, the labor class. The, the, they're the laboring yeah. class, yeah. but. Because they're not just the warriors, but oh yeah, yeah, or the hunters, yeah. But you know, there, there's some. There's it seemed it seemed like actually a class that would be, um, you know, I would be more interested in being part of as opposed to just being the catch all for everything else. Right. I, I like how it, it was given a little bit more of a of a character, if you will. But by yeah. book two, because if you remember in in the first book, um, the fifth season, the strongbacks aren't really cool. You know, yeah. yeah. You know, Eason wants to leave. They find out that she's an origin. Yeah. And, you know, they kind of try to stop her and she has to, you know, she has to mess them up a little bit. Kind of got to lay waste. But by book two, where she's at Castrima. Castrima. Um, the strongbacks have a lot more to do now. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're defending, yeah. you know, from this, <laughs> this other calm that wants to come in and take right. their stuff. I almost feel like Kastrima is just a, it's just a really good example of showing us what all of those classes do. Like it, it you do yeah. you get a lot more, and and how Eason is kind of like yeah. doesn't have one, so she kind of goes from each one, right? Like because yeah, they're whatever like, the day is. You see the hunters really hunting, mm-hmm. like you see the the innovators really doing their thing, like, right. and I think it's almost because like that calm, it's so important like it's all crew no passengers at that com you know so it's like you you kind of see how important all those jobs are right yeah and how it doesn't work without yeah. having all of them there yeah um right just jumped out of me in my notes um 
one of those great examples of humor. And I remember specifically, I highlighted this for that. I don't have a lot of energy these days because being eaten probably takes a toll. (laughs) (laughs) It's obviously alabaster. Um. Oh, so Baster is my favorite. It, <laughs> Baster is absolutely. My, I love Baster. Oh, you so much. Turned your back on and on. No, 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 no. Just teasing. But and on is no more. So <laughs> yeah, it's like you you can't die two thirds of the way through the first book of the three book series and stay my favorite. Right. You got to make it at least till the end of the second wow. book. <laughs> <laughs> or you lose that status. Yeah, um, and, and then only you're talked about in the third. So. <laughs> oh, okay. So so Sandra and I don't talk about books right very much before we actually record when we're going to talk about it. You lose the magic. Yeah, yeah. but. When Sandra finished uh, the Obelisk Gate, she mentioned that scene at the end where she sees a stone eater who's strangely made of alabaster. It, it, the way it's worded is so beautiful. Like, never seen one made of alabaster before. Huh. And she was so excited to have alabaster as a stone eater. And I'm just sitting here who's like, at this point, two thirds of the way through right. through the third book. I'm like... I haven't seen Baster yet. I don't know. I know. He... <laughs> He's off doing his thing that they do where unless someone like basically info dumps your whole story to you, like we know Hoa is doing right. for Isan, it takes, they said, a couple centuries for you to remember yourself. So he's off having his like second life. And I'm so happy for him. I... I really like always liked Alabaster a whole lot. And I really fell in love with that character over these last two books, seeing where he goes from, you know, how deeply he loves Isan and like their connection and how much he cares and what he sacrificed. And then like leaving the journals, which Nasun finds. I just, Oh my God. I just love him. I wouldn't say I love him. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Again, it, and we talked about it last time. It's kind of one of those things where you have all this information, but you don't you don't give it up, you know? <laughs> and, yeah. And that just still kind of like, it was like, uh, but, but, but. <laughs> He's always so busy pontificating and trying to like, t- to like convey like 50 points. And then he goes off on tangents and then as he's being turned to stone that seems to be like multiplied <laughs> times a hundred but um I, there's just nobody like him there's just nobody no like you're you, he is definitely one of a kind and it's nice to finally see that he does truly love and it's not a romantic love yes. but he does love isan they and are that, soulmates and that she in return yeah. like respects yeah you know yeah. what he was trying to do and 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 sees what a hard job it was yeah. Because even when she knows everything at that point, she doesn't really give it up. Just no. natural. I mean, you can't. Yeah. You know, people wouldn't yeah. understand. And, and once she understands the danger of it, she realizes that if she just says, oh, yeah, this is a thing that you can do. Right. Every origin would. Would just kill themselves. Kill doing themselves it. or kill the world even more. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, I truly believe they're soulmates. Like they're just and not in a romantic way, but it's just like they just have that deep like once in a lifetime connection that people find it doesn't have to be romantic. It can be platonic and and they're like family. And there's a part where when he's really towards the end, she's kind of cuddling up near him and like remembering like the good old days. And it just like, oh, it just made me emotional. It just oh had feels. I had feels. Um alabaster's side 
So the Earth is a character established now. And it's not just them like saying, you know, because they kind of made it sound like very mythological. Oh, Father Earth, evil Father Earth. No, really, the Earth is a personified. It's alive, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that because that's kind of like what I believe in my personal beliefs is I believe the earth is alive, but it's a consciousness like that we don't understand. And so, so I really liked this characterization of the earth. And I I like the idea, like, you know, the, the science slash magic idea of this world, that if you put enough energy and you put enough attention really into an object, it, becomes alive by nature yes uh like with the onyx yeah um and you know you have that much life and that much time you know on a planet right then yes that planet is going to become alive there's this supernatural part of it like with their magistry as they put it but also like this science in this kind of what do you call it like bio life force thing (laughs) Like it's this great hybrid of science and supernatural, and and I really like that because I don't know, it just creates like a night. It, it fits well in my brain okay. for some reason. It fits. A, it fills a nice little niche. Um, there's another. Speaking of old Father Earth, this is one of my favorite quotes too. It's just stories to explain what's wrong with the world, like those weird cults that crop up from time to time. I heard of one that asks an old man in the sky to keep them alive every night before they go to sleep. <laughs> People need to believe there's more to the world than there is. Tell uh, it like it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm laughing because I wrote down that same quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes. Just going like, damn. <laughs> it's, you know, it's a nice, it's a nice little point towards Sky Daddy. And, and <laughs> even yeah. if, and even if you, even if you are a believer in that, right. It is okay to look at it and go, you know, on its face, it does, you know, it can, it is kind of arbitrary. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, it's a big argument um, that you hear a lot is people make up religion to give life meaning. (laughs) And um, it's in this world where it's very magnified of like where life is just constantly trying to kill you you can see why there'd be some people it's like no 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 there's got to be more to it it's like no you really just actually pissed off the earth (laughs) (laughs) that is effectively a deity i mean it doesn't matter how you look at it but yeah yeah. what one way or the other yeah Yeah. and and well that and the the doesn't want to be worshipped the the time-honored um idea that something can be alive but it's different from what a yes. different we are yeah yeah so we dismiss it or think that it's not real or alive you know like yes. like earth is or yeah. the onyx is for that matter um i love that oh another great example of humor right here <laughs> oh earth oh rust oh no you want me to catch the fucking moon <laughs> So I, I want to talk about the the life force portion of this again because oh you mean the force yeah <laughs> it surrounds us it binds us <laughs> <laughs> I learned I learned some things about about um, N K Jemison in oh. when she came uh, when she thought about this book and she created this book she went to a 
like a convention, if you will, that NASA put on yeah. for a bunch of authors to educate them on science and astronomy Ooh. and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she, you know, she met a lot of people. There's a lot of, lot of great authors who went to this thing. It's interesting to have her take that into this fantasy realm, but that life force, that whole like geomancy or, or geomagistry yeah. um, is science fiction. And it Ooh. makes me so happy to have that solid bit of of science fiction. Are you familiar with the Kardashev scale? Either of you ever heard of that? I don't think so. No. The Kardashian scale? Yes, the Kardashian scale. It's how much of an influencer you are. Oh. Um, <laughs> how much uh, how much of a blackfisher you are, how much of an influencer you are. It's very interesting. <laughs> no, it, the Kardashev scale is a, a proposed scale for a civilization and it's what they're it's, it's how much they're able to harness as far as energy is concerned okay and a 1.0 on the kardashev scale would be being able to harness 100 percent the power of your own planet 2.0 is the star 3.0 is the galaxy so forth and so on and it was just really interesting to read a story it's like hey you're doing it you're you are actually reaching 1.0 of the kardashev scale harnessing the full power of your planet in a in a way that is you know, that will power everything forever. And maybe that's not a good idea. Right. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Cause I mean, you know, we find, especially in the third book that cool, we did it. We're harnessing all the power, but we didn't think that the earth was a conscious being of some kind yeah. who would be like, I didn't consent to this. Right. And you take that power, which you're just a parasite to this being. Mm-hmm. And then you take their child, how they see it, the moon and fling it away. Well, yeah, we're we're gonna jump around a little bit to do this, but even if they knew that the Earth was alive, I don't think they would have. No, cared. I don't think they would have cared. They would have either with the with the, the briar patch, the yeah. oh. the cornfield, <laughs> if you will. Yeah, <laughs> which into the cornfield, which is which that was absolutely the vibes that I got at first. Yeah, and, but then finding out it's even worse than that. They're basically they were the first node maintainers. Yeah, yeah. and but I mean the tuners were just made to be batteries. It's right. horrifying. Yeah. I don't know that that whole. So you 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 go way back in the past forty thousand years, I think, uh, before before the Earth broke, which is a long, (laughs) which is very very long time, and it shows us how we got there. And and there's a whole, you know, again, not just recognizing different life forms, but the environmental. Impact. I mean, they think they're doing this good thing. You know, mm-hmm. they they believe in the sanctity of life, and they, you know, and yet they're tapping the earth and trying to drain it dry. Yeah, but they just have no idea that they're even doing it. Yeah, you know, it's it's um, it's so dark, and it's so. I mean, it, there's so much about these books, like we said, that in the first episode, that's very reflective of our times and real life and stuff, too. And kind of this idea of just take, take, take and, and mm-hmm. you know, doing what you can get away with, even if it's abuse to nature and it's abuse to other people. Other people. Yeah. Yeah. They even wiped out an entire race to happily. Yeah. Happily, they did it. Uh, the the niece. Is that? Yeah. I called them like the nice. The nice. <laughs> in the, my head. Yeah, I forgot. That's my favorite chapter in the entire series. Hoa's backstory? Well, Hoa's backstory is fantastic, but that chapter, when he is being taught about that culture, mm-hmm. um, and the way that, first of all, she, the way that she explains to him prejudice, <gasps> paranoia, 
and this this need for basically the for conquerors to feel oppressed or have a fear of oppression when there is none was you know Sandra joked earlier on that this was a life changing book for me right mm-hmm. that chapter probably had the most effect on me like that was an eye opening moment for me to have it put in such a way meant a lot to me yeah you have to explain it to like because how all of them they're not stupid but they've been raised kind of in a bubble so they're kind of naive because they're just learning so she has to put it in language that is not dumbed down but like just very plain and it just it makes such an impact and again, it's it's one of those things where, you know, I talk about how creative and masterful she is with her writing style. You know, there's so many great there's so many great themes throughout the entire series. And, you know, I don't personally have a problem with something being quote unquote preachy, but nothing in yeah. there. But everything is is kind of subtext, although very clear. This was very out just up front here is here is what's happening and the fact that she created a a a group of beings in the the you know the pre-stone eater stone eaters that really had to be talked to that plainly yeah is was a i mean by accident or by or by design was a genius way to be able to deliver that message finally absolutely black and white um there's a quote that i like a lot and i was trying to pull it up Exactly, and I'm because I kind of paraphrase it, but it's from Aesop's Fable, and it's basically um, a tyrant will always find a pretext for their tyranny, and it just you know it, it just suits so many stories so well that oh it's for the greater good, it's for science, it's for progression, it's for blah blah blah, and it's like yes, of course you will justify your horrible acts, you know, to to get what you want. Um, I feel dumb, but can you guys explain one thing to me? <laughs> are are vehicles animals? Ooh. Are they alive or some sort of conscious? I I so here's how I took them. Everything yeah. is organic. Yeah, but I felt it was more kind of plant based. Yeah. Ooh. I it's like some sort of an enchanted subway system. <laughs> you know, I kind of took it as there being kind of a difference between. You know, organic building materials, which everything was, and you know, still computer AI. Yeah. Mm. Which, um, you know, based on the the explanation of the Onyx becoming alive, I, certainly computer AI could also end up becoming alive of some sort as well. But I, I think that there, I took it as there being kind of a little bit of a of a difference. Yeah, and and the fact that everything everything was being run by magic. Yeah. You know, which is why they're trying to tap into the earth anyway. To right. Get it, <laughs> yeah. Hit that earth, you know, huge magic vein. You know? <laughs> um, they kind of describe whenever they talk about the silver, I just picture tinsel, the Christmas tree tinsel, the little okay. silver stuff. And almost like when I see it coming out, if you've ever just like thrown a handful of tinsel, don't do that. It's bad for the planet. But it's like, <laughs> like it just ribbons out everywhere. You I know, can picture it so vividly. I think I know. Interesting. I think I know. How How do you visualize it? I envisioned it like in the Matrix, you know, when, when Neo oh. sees the strings. like basically the code, you yeah. know, um, but only instead of like the green and black, it's it's white, you know, like a bright kind of flashy um, yeah. lines. But she also 
describes it as being like it goes out encompasses everything yeah it's like veins it's um it's a little bit of that connection it's the connectivity of nature basically so i kind of went back and forth (laughs) yeah it's a brilliant concept and it's um it's very beautiful on a spiritual level too like and and that when you manipulate and take advantage of that you know you you end up with these horrid results yeah. Of something that's actually quite lovely, the things that keep everything going that we can't explain with science. It's supernatural. Yeah. Or or what everyone can't see. Well, how did you see it? Uh, you know, probably closer to the Matrix okay. thing as far as like all of a sudden everything in front of you changes and you see like what's behind you know, the physical, but I, I kind of, you know, I actually kind of resonated to the tinsel thing because I, I imagined strings, like okay. thousands of strings. I, I feel like there was, there was like an opening or closing credits of a movie. Maybe it was a Spider-Man that had like strings coming off of everything everywhere. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that's kind of what I was picturing. And that's funny. All three of us read the same book, but we all have <laughs> a very different, <laughs> a, a, a different interpretation. Um, That's cool. <laughs> so speaking of Hoa, my favorite character, I love that Hoa and Timony and the Steel Man are like, they're like the OG of the OGs. And there's some of their other brethren running around, but they don't quite remember it. But these three remember. Yeah. And they're so different too. The three of them are so different. And um, I just love that they're, they're still around. You can't really kill a stone eater unless you blow up the planet. Yeah. They are yeah. part of earth. earth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they, they go as earth goes. <laughs> and it makes sense why Hoa had tension with like Luster, the red haired one, mm-hmm. it, as she was called Luster. And like why a lot of them have tension with him in general is because he's kind of responsible, but also he's one of the olds, like in like vampire lore, you know, right, he's right. one of the ancient ones. Yeah. Well, and I thought that was really interesting how they did that too, where um, they're supposed to be 40,000 years old. Right. And, and, and he talks about how you just forget, you just forget things, you know, um, which I find fascinating, you know, like me at 47 years old. Yeah. There's things I forget all the time. Yeah. Now multiply that by, (laughs) yeah, by 40,000 years. And suddenly there's literally maybe even a millennia you don't remember much from. Exactly. And, and that's kind of how, I mean, you were talking about part of the OG core, you know, mm-hmm. he was saying that some of the others were still there. Yeah. They just forgotten who they are. Absolutely. They're doing their own thing now. Yeah. Yeah. It was just the, that yeah. triad, the main three. Yeah. They, they lost it, but they found it again. Yeah. And they, it's obviously really important to them. They kind of have their agendas. But um, it kind of makes me wonder, like, do you have like an essence, like, kind of know who you are or does that change over the course of millennia you know like (laughs) you know what it kind of makes me think of and follow me here is a little bit like carbon dating or something you know where it's like the earth that you know that matter remembers it holds it it holds the memories that doesn't mean the rock remembers but it's like or like rings on a tree or something right something very natural about it is how it makes me feel 
I can't quite describe it. I mean, I mean, one of the one of the reasons I wanted to start the series over again, I actually almost just started book three, just went straight to oh. book three a second oh. time, is because you know their you know their characters from forty thousand years ago are so um, specific in the way that they react to things and the way that they they're individuals. They're individuals, but they're also. Um, a large part of this is because of their upbringing, but they are very, um, very specific and and consistent in the way that they react to things, either with sadness or with mm. or, or with resignation, like antimony, mm-hmm. or with anger, like steel, right, or with thoughtfulness and consideration, like Hoa, right. Um, and those things seem to even. You know, forty thousand years later, with the ones that do remember, they they do seem to still carry those same traits. Yes. So this is a long way of saying it's okay. I agree with <laughs> you. On. I think even if they've forgotten who they are or how they got there or what role they played, I think they're still the same character. I think they're still the same. They don't really change intrinsically. Yeah. Um, and they are stone now. Yeah. <laughs> they can change their mind and change their yes. change their direction but not necessarily who they are. I mean, I think that's part of the beauty of, you know, of life is kind of what she's getting at is even though they all have those, you know, kind of ways they were um, decanted, as he says, and raised, they're all individuals. They all have different personalities. They all have different w- ways they react to things because you can't you can't control life like that. You can't control it to that point of like, you know, we still are studying what makes a human have a personality right. and why our personalities are also different. And, you know, even if you grow somebody in a husk like they did with these guys and decant them it doesn't matter because you can't control that that part that makes us so unique and special um i think that's really beautiful and i think especially with hoa he calls himself several times in the series a human yes yeah yeah i think that's very important he never lost his humanity Mm-mm. nope and i liked that i liked that he's he's still you can be a human <laughs> right and be different and you know? you know a big part of this like we've talked about is diversity and especially kind of like through the lens of like um like black folk experience too but you know they try to take away his humanity and you can't and he and he never loses sight of that right and he's so like he's the first to fall in love that's true yeah lenly who is a savage (laughs) the the progenitor of all origins yeah and lorist and lorists yeah, both very important yeah. person <laughs> yeah absolutely um for one moment i'd like to diverge talk about yika i went on a journey with yeek and i love that she calls her yeek and she hates it, she hates it yeah. um so while i was reading the second book is when i saw the second suicide squad movie so in my head Yika and Amanda Waller are very linked, Ooh. which is Viola Davis' character. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. like Yika's a little more huh. funny <laughs> than Amanda Waller, but you know, it's like when you're in charge, when you're the head woman, like they both are. They're both head women of color, for that matter. Yeah, you have to be 
a quote unquote bitch sometimes. Yeah. And it's that old adage of like, when a guy does it, he's a leader and he's take charge. And it's like, but she has to be, she has to be harsh. You know, she kills Cutter because she has to, even though he probably didn't actually do anything wrong. Right. Because she has to make like really tough decisions for her people. Yeah. And I had a hard time embracing Yika and then like, in the first book, but then I really grew to love her and I was emotional to leave her. Yeah. Well, two things. Uh, I love the fact that, <laughs> as Ethan put it, the world's ending and she still finds time to put on her makeup. I love <laughs> like, it. I thought that was amazing. I was like, yes. And it's like impeccable eye makeup. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but I also like that, like you said, she, she does what has to be done, but you also get the side of how it's just painting painful to her you know how she copes later with a what do they call it? A, a mellow you know the, yeah. the cigarettes they smoke which mellow and also weed, but <laughs> and she has her people Was she it weed I, that's how i took it right you just know, like how safe just, is like, coffee little, like little, yeah. little half and half yeah, yeah. little yeah. hash yeah um yeah, it's uh, and she has sex with people, and she's kind of uh, with anybody, not anybody and everybody, right. but uh, you know, any gender of her choosing. Yeah, she, so she's kind she, of pan, really. Yeah, and it's important. She's got kind of like a little stable of. Oh, you know? I think I think he's not actually calls it a stable. <laughs> So I, I actually pictured uh, her as a uh, uh, cast by Florence Kasumba, who is in Black Panther. She's kind of the leader of the army. Oh, I love her. Right? Okay. See, and I picture okay. like that a little bit more of a uh, Sharka. Sharka. We don't know how to say Sharka. I think it's Sharka. Sharka. I think okay. it's Sharka. <laughs> I th this happened to me last time too, where I had all these names in my head, and then you said them your way. I'm like, it's gone, no! gone from my head. <laughs> um, how much do we love that romance, Tonki and Jarka? I wanted a little bit more of it, to be honest. I want more, but I'm happy I had it. I'm I'm very happy that it's there, but after the and on. <laughs> I know it's not, it's not you know alabaster and and uh, the triangle the triad the, the triad yeah the the th thruple <laughs> like anything is gonna fail in comparison but I'm just so happy that Tonky found someone yeah. and oh, it's like she yeah. kind of doesn't I, I got the impression she doesn't know how to act in a relationship no she's a little but she's befuddled. trying really hard because she cares about like it. when they're yeah. trying to dance together yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, so cute. And like that Jarka just puts up with this quirky, quirky person who's, she's so genius that she is odd <laughs> and that she just loves her for that. It's, oh my, and she like felt like instantly in love with her too. Like, oh, it's so cute. Oh, it's the cutest. <laughs> well, you know, I, I did, or I think I did. I think I teased that. <laughs> the last yeah. episode you did you said have you gotten to the point where yeah okay yeah <laughs> does she have a does she have a partner yet yeah. um i think it's important though that there was no there was no couple no romance no story that at least to the reader's eyes was as special and perfect as that one because mm. it makes that hurt all the more i mean that that there's two moments that happened in this book that frame the emotional gravity of the rest of the series, in my opinion. Okay. And it is Inon's death and Uche's death. 
which, by the way, or ca- or Corunda had a whole conversation last episode about about how wow that's one way to start a book, <laughs> and then what do we do in the second book? Oh, okay, let's go back to that scene, and instead of just finding it, let's describe exactly how oh, it happened. N.K. Jemison, yeah, brutal. I'm. I understand why you did it, but we're not. We're not cool. <laughs> We're not cool. I'm not talking to you right now. That's kind of like Guillermo del Toro, you know, like, why, yeah. do, you, why do you hate little kids so much? Yeah. Oh, got a foot <laughs> up know? through Ooh. it. Yeah. Well, um, you also had some theories, too, last time on... on oh. I did. <laughs> ...what was going to happen to Uche, and those those did not... <laughs> they didn't... Okay, they really did not pan out. I will say that I was not... I was... I was not completely off with the idea of stone eaters being origins. Okay. Now I had a kind of, I had, you also knew that alabaster was going to become, yes, I I had it kind of in my head that like alabaster and antimony were kind of the same person in a weird sort of way. And that was not at all a thing, Right. but I was right. I was right that he would become a stone eater. Right. But I also thought that Uche was, was, you said that Uche and, 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 I think maybe even that Koru would yeah. come back as a stone eater, but um, no, unfortunately. It explains why there's so many stone eaters, I guess, is a lot of them are well, actually and I origins. Lo- I, origins. I, I, I like how um, you have different versions, though. You have like the OGs that yeah, are like yeah. super strong, and and then you have like kind of the more fragile ones. Yeah. Um, and, and Hoa has even like kind of gotten it down to a science, which is why yeah. he takes his time, you know, with Isan and, and hatching a new one, hatching a new one, <laughs> a little hatch and telling her whole story. You know, I, yeah. I feel like more like while she's still gestating. Yeah. Um, In her geode. Yeah. Her geode egg. Um, I love, as somebody who's a big fan of stone eaters, how much in the last book we get to see stone eaters because they basically live day-to-day lives in core point. They pop over to the stillness. Except it's more like year-to-year lives. Yeah. A day in the life. Spend a year holding up a branch of a tree. Right. (laughs) To get it to grow a certain way. But see, I love that. I love, oh my God, I love their sense of time. 40,000 years old. What is time? A year, a a decade? What? Yeah. But, and then it's like, they pop over to the stillness, they fuck around, and then they come back to like their home, which is core point. But I like how um, they started to like leave her food and stuff, just like they did for... Um, Baster when he was there. It's like right. it's like a little pet. The it's kind of cute. And showing him how the how, how the light switch oh, works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stuff that they wouldn't know. But I was also <laughs> laughing at how when when the uh, the people got turned to stone and and they were saying like but a whole bunch of them were missing. Do you remember this? Yes. And, yes, and, that's and right. And yes. Hoa, Hoa said like we like to stash our food too. Yes. <laughs> It's like you imagine they just have a store cache right. of stony body parts here and there. Like they trying to, he's like trying to think of like a palatable way to put it. <laughs> um. But I was just laughing, thinking like they have all their, you know, their food stores put away, you know, in case a, a fifth season happens, and just then there's like all everybody. these, all these statue humans <laughs> used to be humans that are now statues put away for for the munchies later. When you get a little hungry, so. The biggest character transformation is obviously Shafa, which is a huge part of the story. It's like you think, this is my opinion. Okay. 
But I was kind of like in the first book, Jesus, Shafa's irredeemable. Like, I get that that's the way his people are. Like, you know, he like, it's very clear he's loved every single one of his people, but it's an abusive, toxic love. Absolutely. And so I was like, he's irredeemable. He's irredeemable. But I love the character. Like, I, you know, I found it compelling. And then she fixed it. (laughs) <laughs> all, all it took was a little uh, drowning-induced drowning. brain damage, <laughs> yeah. you know? Right, and he not only saw the error of his ways, but what matters is he then dedicated his life to fixing it. Yeah, uh, he genuinely felt bad Yes, about every single kid, <laughs> origin kid that he abused in yeah. the past, you know? And, and very much loved Nasan as his oh, daughter. Oh, very much so. And was like, I did such bad and I have to like make this right. I felt, I was so worried and I was waiting for the other shoe to drop on him. Uh, because because even the way that he was treating Nasun, there's, it's a, there's a fine line between, you know, between loving and caring and grooming. Mm-hmm. And I, uh-huh. I, I was like waiting for the other shoe to drop that like this was like his new method or something like oh, that. Ew. And I'm just so like, it was really about the point when they were on the vehicle that I'm like, no, he's, he's for real. Yeah. yeah. He he's, just cares about her. He just cares about her. And I was just so happy. I was just so happy when I finally just accepted it. Like the other shoes. I mean, this is, <laughs> yeah, we're okay. And of course it was also so mad because I'm thinking to myself, yeah, but this is now going to be the end of Shafa. Like now Shafa <laughs> yeah. is going to be evil again because earth is going to take him back over and it's going to be this whole thing. I'm like, I, why didn't I enjoy you while you were good? While you were, left, while you were here. <laughs> um, there's, the guardians are very fascinating to me and there's something very vampiric about them too Mm -hmm. and like you know that he kind of gets to have release finally because as as described often in this book by him and the stone eaters is it's very painful to live forever who wants to live (laughs) forever but um there can be only one Exactly. But uh, he finally gets to have release. But we learn about the Guardians and there's some point and I could I'm messing this up. But when um, Nassan basically says, so like you're basically origins, but like you get treated better, (laughs) like, (laughs) you know, they there's a disparity and there's an unfairness to it. But wasn't it? Wasn't it that the Guardians were the offspring of Origins that did not have the power, or did not manifest the power? It's something like that, like how they actually came to be. Yeah. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is, is because they are part of the system and help to enslave the others, they get special treatment, basically. And they're they're super strong because they have a piece of the Earth's core in their... Yeah, no, I shoved in their neck. And that's cool. But um, they're just another cog, but they keep the evil machine going. And now we know where the little bastards go during a season. Remember, they were like, nobody knows. Uh, see, I wanted more of that, actually. Yeah, I could use some more I mean, of just that. the way how Nason describes it is like being a hornet's yeah. hive, yeah. you know, with all these... <laughs> Like sleeping, hi- not sleeping, hibernating yeah. guardians like shoved into them. Well, it, it was a similar, like I, I got similar uh, visualizations as when they were describing the, um, the, uh, the briar patch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very similar kind of 
almost matrix matrix esque kind Pulling of yeah. back in. pods that it, it almost seemed like I mean both of them were were horrific, but it, it was almost like Earth's perversion of what they were of what they were doing. Perversion's probably the wrong word. It's more like <laughs> it's more like uh it's more like uh uh deliberate and malicious mimicry. <laughs> mm, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe. A bastardization. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. 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 That yeah. works. <laughs> so I would like to get Caleb's opinion on something okay. as our guest. So I love Nessa and, and she goes on a wonderful arc through these books. Um, well, first of all, I love the part when she confronts her dad and tells him, in a way you can parallel um, race or sexuality. She says like, there's nothing wrong with me and I like who I am. Like and it's like really beautiful. But she, since she Gigi was a, he's a yeah. piece of fucking work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was a product of his time. He was a product of his culture and uh, that doesn't make it okay, but that's how they were. Yeah. And so then he kind of drops his basket a little, um, <laughs> a couple of times. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. as the reason I'm asking for you specifically is because you are a parent okay. and you have a daughter who's like that age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you exactly. A, exactly that age. And at, you have a little son too. And how was like the experience of reading about her as, as a parent? Um, you know, the first time around, it was very easy to go, you know, to kind of go like, oh, come on. Why are you doing that? Why are you making these decisions? Why are you, you know, <laughs> forgetting that when she starts out, when the, when the, I almost said movie, when the <laughs> story begins, she's nine years old. Yeah. And when it ends, she's 11. And she has absolutely no life experience outside of, you know, the, the, the first com. I'm blanking on the name right now. Terimo. Terimo. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not like us now where we'll, you know, go on vacations or get, you can't do that here. Your entire life is spent preparing for a fifth season that may or may not happen. Surviving an apocalypse. So she has no life experience whatsoever and is immediately thrust into this situation where she is trying to rationalize what these two people have done to her, her parents that are supposed to be you know, her support system, you know, they're supposed to love regardless. Unconditionally. Yeah. And that's, that's a hard situation. And, and I, you know, reading this the second time, you know, NK just like, she gets that all down. Like, I, I kind of yeah. wonder if she's got kids of her own, you yeah. know, yeah. Um, because the, the journey that this little girl goes on is right. heartbreaking um it's kind of lovely when she finally gets like the parent that you feel she deserves yes. you know because Eason, like at one point she says like sh- sh- the first and only time she ever smiles at her oh my god yes is when Eason dies yeah the first and only time the rest of the time is spent making sure that the secret doesn't get out. And she made <laughs> her daughter, I mean, it's just the way it was, but she made her daughter keep a secret from her dad, which is mm-hmm. really unfair. And But also treated her daughter yeah. like the Cardians treated her. Yeah, she was. She did it exactly how she was raised. And then, of course, we come to find out that's all bullshit. You just need to do that. Um, there's plenty that have just gone through life and figured it out. Yeah. But um, it was like basically... It was basically like a urban myth that they all 
melt a village or something. Right. But um, anyway, well, yeah, because really, well, like, they did in it, on occasion, well, yeah, they did on occasion, yeah, yeah. but even more so when you're when you're talking about when you're talking about the studies that are that are being presented to you in the third book. It's like yeah. no, for the like before, like when you weren't inter- when you weren't interjecting yourselves, yeah, there would be some kid in a town who would like almost blow it up, but then there'd be another person kid or adult there who was also an origin who'd be like no stop it <laughs> right <laughs> just yeah. smack yeah. it away and be like no i got yeah. it We're well, good. Yeah. but they also said that they prevent like fifth seasons would have happened a lot more often yes yes they say like the instead world. of a couple hundred years yeah they were saying every like 40 or so yeah. years uh an origin prevented another huge you know disaster. cataclysmic event yeah and that happens in the footnote for mm-hmm. lack of a better oh, I love those footnotes oh, they're they, so at the end good. of the chapters just giving yeah. you just little glimpses whether it's part of stone lore yeah. or part of one of the universities and sometimes it's like they don't quote unquote make sense because we've talked about this and Kay Jemison kind of throws you into the deep end mm-hmm. in her books and she's like you'll learn to swim yeah, but by the end, you get you understand yeah. them all. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you go back again, like you're gonna reread for re-re, not re-re-read, but re-read for a second time. Edit that out. Uh, <laughs> get rid of that. Uh, they all start to make sense. Yeah. All these little, all these little footnotes and notes, whatever you want to call them. You're like, oh. Yeah. It kind of like with that point about the the origins and how they've kind of gotten by there look how powerful yika is she called every raga can i can we say ragas if we're <laughs> if you're ragas? talking about streamans yes yeah. yeah if you're talking about outside of kastrema no <laughs> she really did a good job of is that how it's pronounced though raga it, it is raga yeah. okay. of making that word have the desired impact where i feel uncomfortable saying yeah, it, it. it yeah. does it does it but does. she but that's how that's you know what they call it and um but she pulled them all she pulled them yeah. all that's very powerful yeah, she calls to them and and kind of makes them come to her <laughs> the, it's amazing yeah. the thing the thing that actually makes it different in, in the audiobook too i'm just gonna say because like it's it's a horrible word throughout most of the book, but the way that Yika says it, it's like roga. It's like oh, it's powerful. Oh, that's I like love she's, it. She's taking ownership of it. Yes, and it's, it's like, like it's like a alabaster laid the foundation, term. and then Yika like sends it home. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so that's why that's why I I made that joke. Like you know with Yika's version of roga <laughs> is like all right. I'm. I, that that's a great word. When she says it, it sounds powerful and strong. That's badass. Um, dare I make a tiny complaint? Of course. No, absolutely not. Let's hear it. I have to say, even though I was obsessed with this whole series and I have no, obviously, obviously I love these fucking books, obviously. I do feel <sighs> there is parts where being underground and Kostrima under dragged a little bit for me. Where I was kind of like, okay, okay, you know, like, I wasn't always thrilled when we went back to Kostrima in the book, because it was starting to to drag a bit for me. And I also think that the final battle could have been sped up a little bit. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. You know what? I went there. (laughs) I love it. And maybe it's nitpicky. And it's, you know, that was just something because the book had been so compulsively page turnery for me okay that i was kind of like i hit a little bit of a pacing issue interesting i mean i will say i think i 
I think I understand where you're coming from, even if I don't necessarily agree. For me, Nasun's story at that point was miles more interesting <laughs> than what was happening in Kastrima. Um, that said, what I liked, what I liked, the reason why I liked it existing in dichotomy with what was happening with Nasun is because Kastrima which also added to some of the frustration of it was more of the same in that as soon as trying to get these answers Mm -hmm. and no one will give her a straight answer about anything. Mm -hmm. And it's just, what's the deal with this? Oh, Oh. you'll find out later. Oh, it's so frustrating. Okay. But what am I supposed to do now? Oh, you'll figure it out. Whereas with Nasun, every question she asks is answered 100% truthfully and, and just with, with, absolute openness Mm. by Shafa. Her knowledge is only limited by the questions that she thinks to ask. Now, he doesn't necessarily elaborate (laughs) on anything, but he's honest and will always answer. he's also got a bit of a memory problem. Right. That's true. He can't always. (laughs) Which I suppose I could forgive him sometimes for being like, I remember there's something about that, but I don't remember what it is. It didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, There, there wasn't that same frustration of why don't you just say what's on your mind? Right. Um, and he's only four thousand years old. <laughs> <laughs> he's a baby, which um, apparently is very old yeah. for a guardian, though. Yeah. Oh, he's one of the oldest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my frustrations with that period, with that period, was just that. Oh my God, why is still nobody telling Esun what's going on? Mm. No one's telling her what the city is. No one's telling her what she needs to do or how she needs to do it. Like literally, no one will talk to her. But at the same time, she's not really talking to anyone either. True. And that's oh. so. What my what I liked about it is is it's it's a growth period for her. Right. She's still like, even though she's a part of it, she's still kind of off to the side. And Yiki even calls her on this, yeah. you know, um, and asks her, you know, like, you know, did you talk to anybody today? Are you to, part of this? You know, thing? are you part of this? Are yeah. you, you know, um, and it, and it, what it does is it sets up, uh, it, it gives her something to fight for right? later on because it's, this is supposed to be this perfect place where they can. She wants her daughter, though. You know, write it out. And, and she's always like, you know, always looking off to the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she's got a lot going She's got a lot going on. Now, as far as the that final fight in Kastrima goes, though, oh. um, with the fucking boil bugs and the, I mean, I'm not that saying, to me was awesome. There was parts of it. No, there was parts yeah. of it that I liked, but I, I just felt like it kind of dragged a little and it did have, there is a guardian there too yeah and, i just and, wanted it to and, be a little, but she was winning too that's faster. the thing and, and yeah. trapping stone eaters within inside of crystals and she's busy i, I thought she's that busy. was awesome you know that was that was her like sort of flexing a little bit <laughs> it wasn't a full flex yet <laughs> because once again she made it so that this perfect place that they were living was no longer yeah. livable they had to leave because yeah. of it um and that's of course where we get the amazing Daniel too. Danelle? Danelle? Danelle. I love her. I love that she's like, yeah, I mean, I'm doing what I have to do to survive, just like anybody else in an apocalypse, but I'm a lorist. And yeah, and being a general of this army was not what I wanted to be. I didn't want to come fight you. I didn't want to, you know, I, I just want to preserve history. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> doing what I have to do. This is what I had to do to survive. Um, and I love how she's she's like really strong, great fighter, amazing tactician, just an absolute badass. But 
the most powerful moment is when she puts on what I'm calling the Lorist war paint. Yes. She puts on the black the lipstick, lipstick and like shaves her side of her head. I am a Lorist again. It's like, yes, <laughs> yes, we are Loris. Um, I love it so much. Um, you know what else was interesting? The return of Maxique's. He's That's back. He right. has. That's right. Lost his legs, and he's kind of gathered together with other people who who are kind of paraplegics and stuff. Um, well, he's, but he's, he's made he's it. Running a calmless calm. Yeah, he's still he's still fighting. And I was like, oh my gosh, good for you, because I didn't really think about what happened to all of them. I mean, I figured they were all Dead. killed in the well, they're shattering. All, they're yeah. all supposed to be killed by their by their guardians. By order yeah. 444. <laughs> <laughs> we never did find out find out what happened to his legs. No. No, she says that's his story. Yeah. 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 But I she ha- says it's a clean cut though. It wasn't a yeah. it wasn't a um like a, hack. Like, a like a field surgery or something. Ooh, dark. Can I, can I have that story? I know I said I know I said the last episode, I don't need to know like how they got into the situation and, and how the world has its fifth seasons, which you want it now. I, but <laughs> now, I now. But now you've given that to me now, MK Jemison, and now <laughs> I'm going take to my be, toy away. Now I'm going to be greedy and I want to know everything. <laughs> everything. Um in the last book. There's a part that I really liked. Well, I mean, just kind of the whole journey of Nessun trying to come to grips with her parents and how they messed up up because her mom was like overly strict and her dad was like Disneyland dad, (laughs) (laughs) who then ended up killing her brother and hating her. Um, But there's something that I really like. I just think her journey is so fascinating. Um, He demanded of her to either be his daughter or an origin. She refused to commit existential suicide he refused to suffer an origin to live. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Yeah. Yeah. From the Bible. Very um, deliberate language. And just kind of like it was never going to work. And Nassan tried so hard. To appease him to, you know, I mean, I think in the first book she talked about how she could kind of rein him in by yeah. calling him daddy. Mm-hmm. Um, but she said like, but only in only in words like she never thought of him as dad no. ever again and i was like oh that is that is a powerful lesson for a little kid like you know at this point she was 9 years old it is, to, yeah. to have oh. to learn you that's know. unfair well and the fact that she hated her mom you know for being so hard on her and like when she finally comes to realize what her mom was trying trying to do and protect her from um i, I mean again just so like Oh, I, I just so feel so bad for her. I just want to give her a hug. You do just want to give her a be hug. Okay, you know, uh, I, I appreciate though that you, you talked about her her recognizing why her mother did what she did and where her mother learned that eventually, that. Yeah. eventually, yeah. Even then, even when she real, even when she she really understood that this is why and this is what she was doing, and even a part of her, you know, respected what came of that. She didn't forgive her mother for it. She yeah. just still didn't. She's like she didn't still didn't okay. consider her her mother. Because it's You're not, not okay a mother. What yeah. she did exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I, I I really actually appreciate that because it's it's really easy in in a story when you're telling a story, especially when your when your main protagonist is the one who is hated right. by someone. It's really easy, and you kind of want them to say, "Okay, but I forgive you." Yeah. Right. Nah. 
And I appreciate that. Be no, cheap. like understanding is one thing, you know, forgiveness and like, everything's not all going to be roses and butterflies anymore. No. Like it's yeah. still not okay, regardless of why it happened or what, or what you were doing it for. It's not okay. Yeah. What it really took, what it really took is, um, son's final act of love and true self-sacrifice because they're sitting there at a stalemate there at the end and she's like I love her too much I'm just she's so strong I'm just gonna let her do it and it's kind of like for all of the words they could have said and she tried to say and her daughter did not want to have any of it and you cannot blame her that's what did it is like truly like actions not words Yeah, yeah. she really saw how much she loved her um I found this quote from earlier when we were talking about how the tuners, you know, they're all different, but they're the same. I love this so much. So she says, that is Remwa, who considers himself smarter than the rest of us. We're all made to be equally intelligent. Remwa is just an ass. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so good. And you know what? He's still an ass later in life, too, (laughs) thinking he's better and smarter than everybody. Because <laughs> Remois is, is great man, right? Yeah, great man or steel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I really appreciated learning about Kalenli and, like, you know, her her fight for justice and how she was so smart in order to get them out into the world. She had to work so hard to do that. And just when they get to see like butterflies and stuff, oh, oh. the description of them literally playing in a field of flowers. Yeah, just. It broke me a little bit. <laughs> or how scared they were to go into yes. the into the dead building. <gasps> yes. <laughs> you know, because they're afraid it was going to fall on them. Or, or at one point they were talking about there was a like a banister or something of, of just dead wood. <laughs> like yes. They didn't want to lean against it because it was unsafe. <laughs> uh, there's also this wonderful call for equality when Hoa tells like the conductor who's like taking care of him no I feel like I'll walk outside today and she's like well you can't he's like oh really and it's like oh it's just so good when they learn they learn social justice yeah, that they have power that you know they're not as def- and how he turns it on her she's exactly. like and that that exact example you were giving um uh the conductor says i could be jailed for this and he's like yeah where do you think i am right now right (laughs) (laughs) and then she finally gets it and says like oh because they're so (laughs) oppressed and put down but really it's because they're so powerful that's always how it is is uh people get suppressed because they are powerful and the oppressors can't handle that so they have to convince them they're inferior and lesser and broken and tools and not a, not a people yeah, yeah. and not a people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm looking at another note i mean oh little little uh lorist porn here for a minute <laughs> lorist porn okay you had no idea but defending knowledge a muscle flexes in daniel's jaw soldiers might get a calm through a season but storytellers are what kept sans going through seven of them oh Right. Yes. That's why you would be a Lorist, right, Scott? Yeah. <laughs> I love Loris so much. I love Loris. You're going to keep the con- calm going. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's safe to say that this series meant a lot to all of us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, 
I have one final thought. First of all, I just love so much of what Hoa says. And one big takeaway from this book that I had, and I've said this on Genre Junkie so many goddamn times, is there's a line Hoa has that's basically, you don't get to choose who loves you and how they do it. Yes, that is a great quote. (laughs) I feel like in so many books and movies, but especially books, if people just let others love them, And you don't try to fight against, don't love me, I'm broken, or I'm It's like, it would just solve so many problems. It would just solve so many problems. (laughs) And just more knowledge from from Hoa. So I feel like this book is just, it's just full of knowledge. It's just full of really smart things about all this stuff we've talked about. Family, found family, diversity, ethnicity, climate change, what it means to be alive, not just human, but what it means to be alive. It's an overwhelming trilogy. It's overwhelming with like how powerful it is. And yet can't <laughs> I mean, recommend it. <laughs> yeah. Enough. <laughs> like, yeah. Take the dive, jump in the deep end. <laughs> I think the three of us all feel you will enjoy it. <laughs> you just should do it. And if you're listening at this point and we haven't convinced you, you should maybe check your pulse. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening at this point and you haven't read the series, what are you doing? I know. I mean, thank you so much. We love you and thank you for your support and your ears. But <laughs> y'all. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, N.K. Jemison explains all of this <laughs> so much better than we do. <laughs> she just puts it into beautiful words. And I think we said that before is that a lot of the things and the themes are not new, but she puts them in a way where it feels very urgent and very timely. But some of the concepts she comes up with to explain it are very new and exciting. I really hope the Earth is not like this in a couple hundred thousand years in the future. A couple hundred thousand years, it might be like this in a couple of tens of years. <laughs> Maybe not with the with the Niners and the Tenors. Ooh. Or the volcanic eruptions spewing poisonous yeah. gas. Or the choking season. The, 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 uh, what was the season of the teeth? <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that when everybody went cannibal. Oh, yeah. N.K. Jemison, one, one more thing. One more thing for you. Can you please write a short story collection um, oh, that just takes seasons. place in all the seasons? Like, you know, pick somebody that lives through the season and write. Or doesn't live through. Or doesn't live through. Yeah. Write, write 50 pages and, or, you know, 30 pages or whatever and just do a bunch of them because, yeah. dang. Or, or just put it in a collection, you know. Please. Mm-hmm. Please, 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 please. We'll be the Same. first ones to buy it. And just like maybe a portion of our proceeds can go towards charities of your choice, you know? Can I sweeten this deal for you here? Yeah. I mean, look at us. Between the three of us, we've got we've got Kindle versions, we've got audiobook versions, physical we've got books. physical books. Oh, can I have a graphic novel too? I would love to see a graphic novel Ooh. of this. A graphic novel. I think I'd rather <laughs> see a graphic novel than a TV series, actually. I want like now, now that's all that's all that's that, that's just me. That's just me personally. <laughs> Um, there's some things that I don't know how they're going to capture visually in a, in a, a video format. No, I explained it. Just use tinsel. <laughs> Just go throw in tinsel around. 
Party streamers. Uh, party streamers. Um, <laughs> if crap. We, we should also give Eason the uh, the Mom of the Year award. Yeah. When, but also, uh, yeah. what I didn't notice before, we should also give her the Lover of the Year award. Yeah. Because everyone that she has hooked up with <laughs> doesn't they don't, make it. They don't make it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we didn't even talk about him. Uh, oh, the doctor. Lerna. <laughs> oh, Lerna. Oh, poor Lerna. He's a sweet guy. Uh, lost in the earth. He knew the risks. <laughs> I'm just saying, but it, it, it that just harsh. hit me last night. <laughs> like, Yeah. I was like, okay, so Gigi is gone. Baster. Uh-huh. Uh, Baster and Anon. Anon. And then Lerna. Damn. She should probably be single for a while. <laughs> she has Hoa now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Hoa didn't and die. And Hoa, yeah. which, is, which is beautiful. Oh, he loved when he says when, when he says, it's safe for you to love me <gasps> because you can't you, lose me. Yeah. Powerful heartbreaking oh my god you could stick me in an obelisk for ten thousand years if you wanted to but no. <laughs> yeah <laughs> what, oh, if, I... what if that happened but for a oh. society built on exploitation there is no greater threat than having no one left to oppress mm. that's it mm. there it is mm. the the best chapter in in the series right there <sighs> it's brilliant i've got to go take a nap now yeah <laughs> Thank you, Caleb, so thank much. Thank you, Caleb. Thank you for having me back again. I, You're I so good this. at this. Oh, thanks. You're good at <laughs> talking about good. books. I'm always nervous the night before. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm not. It's true. But <laughs> no, you're perfect. Oh, you, you are fantastic. You are absolutely fantastic. You do a good job. Thank you. Catch us on the cult show doing cult-like behavior. Yeah. But in the meantime, thank you both. Thank you guys for listening. Um, I'm sure if you made it this far, you are also as emotionally invested in this franchise as we are. But other than that, please keep reading past your bedtime. (laughs) 